What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So your first album was a hit. It sold well, it reviewed well, you hit it out of the park on your very first try. Do it again. If only it were that easy. Join me, Austin Scholl, on Sophomore Slumps, where we take a look at music's most disappointing follow-ups. From Second Coming to October to Fairweather Johnson, we'll give a second chance to the albums from artists who fumbled theirs. Listen in on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be found. Be cool, daddy-o. Hell is a musical, hell is a musical. Musical, musical, hell. Stuck with Travolta and other people that you hate, but you have to do it anyway. Stuck in musical, musical, musical hell. With Lil's and Scott. When I'm standing next to you, there's a song to sing. I know everything's feeling right when I'm standing. Do you want? Do you want to do the opening and screw up? I, and I, then I think. I think I know. I think I know the opening, like mantra by now, Scott. I'm not. I'm not totally. She doesn't. She yes. <laughs> shut, shut up, listeners. I I know Scott said it, but you shut up, listeners. I know the motto of the show. Welcome to Hell is a Musical, where uh, the hell is... It's a musical. What Lils is trying to say is, Welcome to Hell is a Musical, where the road to hell is paved with razzmatazz and choreographed intentions. I'm Scott. No, that's that's not what I was trying to say at all. I'm saying Hell is a Musical, ab-dib-dab-dib, it's a musical. That's not our tagline. <laughs> you, 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 uh, you knew the risk. <laughs> so, I'm so else. Lils has gone full MacGruber. <laughs> I suppose I have. <laughs> so, what are we doing, Lilypad? This episode, we're doing a mighty wind, which you picked. Yes. Did I? You did. When Fred Willard died, I get a text message from you. And you're like, hey, Fred Willard's dead. Can we do a mighty win for Hell is a Musical? And I'm like, sure. Why the fuck I not? Don't, I don't think that was the exact verbiage of what I said, but okay. Well, let's go into a flashback. Okay. Hey, Scott. Yes, Lils? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> We're tired. So we have our second guest. Yes. You're tired. I now have I now have stage energy. Our second guest of all time. We've only had one other guest. So our first guest was David Allen Prescott, who yep, has been on that was last time. Who's been on Writer's Bigel Basket a ton. And the second guest is another person who has been on Writer's Pickle Basket a ton. And your Croc Zeros. 
Yeah. Icon. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Christopher mm-hmm. Brown. Mm-hmm. 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 Hello. Uh, it's it's good. Better to be the second guest than the seventh guest, because then I would have been a spooky CD-ROM ghost. <laughs> All right, that's you, that's, you a, that's leave, a very deep, that's a very now. deep cut there. <laughs> that was e- Christopher Brown. I wasn't He's expecting leaving. to hear FMV adventure game jokes tonight. <laughs> uh, He's gonna well, follow that up. I mean, with here we are. We're, it's it's late here. We're in the eleventh hour. <laughs> Got anything to say about Zork while we're at it? No, I did sl- sneak in an 11th hour joke, though, so <laughs> as long as we can keep making uh, jokes, then, uh, you know, it'll be a real night trap. Uh, oh, boy. Wait. Chris is sinking back into uh, the uh, mist. Wait, wait. Gabriel Knight. Anyway, <laughs> get back to the musical podcast. Okay. <laughs> so we are talking about the Christopher Guest helmed, co-written by Eugene Levy, movie musical question mark i say it's a musical lil says it's a musical chris told us to go fuck ourselves <laughs> yeah i so this i would say qualifies as a vh1 movies that rock uh it, it's not necessarily a musical but it's something that they could put on vh1 without offending um any any uh moms out there <laughs> Christopher Guest said that this was a musical if PBS made a musical movie. <laughs> this is what it would look like. I mean, that's that's exactly what the premise of the film is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. One of many uh, in Christopher Guest's long-running series of uh, mockumentary films. So yeah, this this is the one. Um, my my uh, my girlfriend at the time when this came out and I rented this, and after we watched it, she was just like, "Huh." So really, it is just the same like ten people every time in a slightly different scenario, uh, telling slightly different jokes. And then you and said, like, "We're yeah. breaking up." <laughs> yeah, the the relationship was not going to last a very long time, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you just stood up and you walked out. Although I, mean, I gotta be honest, I haven't seen the last couple. Like when I saw like for your consideration coming out, and there's another one too, I think in there. And mask it's, us. I, yeah, just I, I, I've only got so much time in the day, and uh, to be honest, uh, like a Friday the Thirteenth Part Three rewatch is probably more important. <laughs> so when yeah, that, I was that uh, is kind, that is kind of the connecting thread between all of uh, these different movies is that they're all just kind of about the same cast of affable idiots. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when I was on uh, Rock Candy, I talked. We talked about Christopher Guest, and I want your opinion. I want you both to weigh in on this. Do you think Christopher Guest is the type of person who says that's very funny, or <laughs> begrudgingly just goes "ha" when he laughs? I think he just says, "I get it." Very funny. Right. Keep it frosty. <laughs> Right, right. A joke. Interesting. No, the the huh is great. That is a wonderful tool to have in your arsenal. Uh, I use it all the time, and if I've used it with either of you, I apologize. But basically, you have you piece a, of shit. <laughs> it's something that uh, my my friend Pat and I dis- discovered in high school, where like if someone around us was hanging around us, orbiting around us, and was being annoying, trying to be funny, that's how you politely got them to go away. Was huh. But I feel I feel like as much as I love Christopher Guest, I, I feel like he's the type of person, him and and uh, 
McKean are the type of people to just go, huh. <laughs> You're probably right. I could see guests not laughing at all. Just not like, oh, yes, that's very funny. Wouldn't wouldn't be proper. Wouldn't be proper yeah. for a lord. Whereas Michael McKean, I, I could see him being the more <laughs> condescending <laughs> type. Yeah, that I could totally <laughs> see. He seems like a very condescending sort. Yeah, I mean... I, I, his his turn in that documentary, the Brady Bunch movie, like really <laughs> shone a light onto the the shallow personality that he is. Yeah, too bad they didn't get Annette O'Toole to actually portray herself as his wife. She was too, she was probably too busy shooting uh, Smallville. Chris, since you are our guest, why don't you tell us what the premise of A Mighty Wind is? So the basically a large producer promoter in the folk rock scene from its heyday in the uh, 60s and, you know, the, the time leading up to it, the 40s and such, a uh, big time producer promoter guy passes away and his son, uh, portrayed expertly by Bob Balaban, decides to try to get a bunch of his acts together to perform a tribute concert in his memory. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I was just expecting you to go, I'm done now. <laughs> I I can't see Bob Balaban without ever thinking about him from that Seinfeld episode where he just stared at Elaine's boobs smiling. He he was basically playing the same role that he played in uh, The Late Shift because it was based on that same guy. So they're like, let's just got get it, Balaban. Got it. Got it. Actually, so th- there's some there's some Late Shift crossover here too because we got uh, John Michael Hid- Higgins in the house as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, did, did anyone else think that John Michael Higgins was going to end up murdering Fred Willard? Like, his character the entire <laughs> time, I thought was going to be a serial killer. Like, in the fictional universe of A Mighty Wind, he definitely would be going, huh. <laughs> yeah, like, he's probably got, but, he probably but, has, like, a, a room in the basement yeah. that his wife isn't allowed to go into. Yeah, because when Jane Lynch was talking about doing porn... Like hit the the look on his face was like I'm gonna kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we had an agreement. He's gonna show up on TV, and there's gonna be an interview with one of his neighbors. Going, I always wondered about his collection of tiny shoes. <laughs> <laughs> They're just too big for dolls, but not quite big enough for people. <laughs> So the the three bands are supposed to be based on real folk bands, like the the new Main Street singers are supposed to be the rooftop singers. The folksmen are supposed to be like the Kingsmen, right? The Kingston yeah. Trio. Right, that's what I meant. The Kingsmen, <laughs> the Secret Service. <laughs> one of <laughs> one of them one of them is Taryn Edgerton. The other one is Mark Strong, and the third one, of course, is Colin Firth. Yeah, yeah, the big three. Yep. I don't know who specifically, like, Mitch and Mickey are supposed to be based on, but, like, Eugene Levy's character, Mitch, gave me all sorts of vibes of, like, Nick Drake and all those other kind of, like, deeply troubled folkies. Yeah, from, like, I was getting, era. like, Arlo Guthrie, Woody Guthrie, like, the Guthrie family. But I think they're supposed to be on based on Peter, Paul, and Mary because, like, didn't Mary have an affair with Peter when she was dating Paul or vice versa? Ooh, that sounds like trouble. Hmm. Or it could have been on the love relationship between Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of love there. Uh, a lot of problems, but a lot of love. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But their album covers did look like Simon and Garfield. Garfunkel. <laughs> Simon <laughs> Can't and talk Garfield. To <laughs> that, that's why Eugene Levy hated Mondays. <laughs> but yeah. Simon and, Simon, someone must have done something on the internet related to Simon and Garfield, right? <laughs> I am going to look that up right now. Please don't. You and me both. <laughs> Too late. I'm uh, searching. Did you mean... No, I did not Google. <laughs> did you mean Simon and Garfunkel? Also, one thing that... Uh, oh, no. I don't want to know. I'm trying to continue with the podcast, you fuckers. Tell no. everyone what you see. Tell everyone what you see. <laughs> oh, God. It's it's not even cartoon Garfield. It's Bill Murray Garfield. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> is that the same one that I'm looking that I have queued up? I think it I think it is. Is it the essential Simon and Garfield? That's exactly the one. <laughs> That's uh, the one. <laughs> I, I hate I you also both. have I also have this other one here. Like let me just share it in the chat real quick because one is clearly Garfield and the other one is someone else who I have no idea who that's supposed to be. But it's, oh, weird. Looks a little like Zach Galifianakis, but it's, it's just a guy. Yeah, it's like if Zach Galifianakis and Brian Blessed had a beautiful baby boy. <laughs> so that's why a mighty wind. Uh, oh, is it Dom DeLuise? Is, is is, what's the connection to Simon with that? Uh, I thought we yeah, had a podcast. <laughs> I, I just tried to bring us back, and nope, CB wasn't having it. Well, that's because he hates musicals anyways. <laughs> like, a little inside baseball backstory. To get Chris on the podcast to do a musical, he's like, I don't I don't like musicals. I don't want to watch it. I'm like, I might even, okay, that's the closest you're going to get me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that was the exact phrasing, but uh, the sentiment is pretty accurate. To be fair, I also don't like musicals. I'm just a better sport. <laughs> uh, you I signed I your name I on the line. A, I'm here, aren't I? How am I being a bad sport? I just I saw an interesting path that I figured as a trio we could follow in together and learn. And this is the thanks I get for Well, Garfield being a left of folk knowledge. music. How dare you? <laughs> you I don't know, know about that you guys. Garfield... I don't know about you guys, but I'm learning a lot tonight. <laughs> I probably should say, though, Scott, um, to your point, too, that I normally strongly dislike folk music as well. Uh, I like some oh, of that's it. That's why you but... wouldn't do Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> uh, that and I just didn't think that movie was very good. Uh, but but yeah, like that that sort of folk singer, especially in that film, I, I do not care for. Just like someone sitting there with a guitar and three chords and the truth. Mm-hmm. I have no time for that. Just an earnest selling... guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Lils that someone made a musical. So they were going to make a Broadway musical of A Mighty Wind. Oh, and that, I, I would not stand for that at all. Yeah, but that's, then, that's difficult. Then Eugene Levy sa- sa- signed away the music rights to the two songs that he wrote on this to a Bob Dylan musical about folk music. <laughs> oh, boy. Weird. I yeah. mean, neither sounds great. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not showing up for any of that. Good old free will and Bob Dylan. 
<laughs> See, this is this is what happens when the plot is as paper thin as it is in a mighty. Well, we game. have to we improvise. Have, we, have so, we have so much extra time to just you know veg. Well, actually, there's a really weird Bob Dylan fun fact. If either of you are interested, no. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, 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 go ahead. I was fucking. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. He is the godfather of the bass player from Seven Mary Three. Who's Seven Mary really? Three? They did uh, Cumbersome in the '90s. I have become <laughs> cumbersome to this world. I don't think I know that song. Oh, acquaint yourself. It's it's terrible. <laughs> no, I think this this will do. Well, before you, before you came on, Lils and I were doing uh, Bob Dylan doing the songs in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty winds. <laughs> Hold yeah, on. Sorry, a I'm late. By the way. Oh, don't worry about it. Hold on, I gotta swap out my cables. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, the reason I'm, I'm late is because uh, I heated up some cider mm. uh, to have some nice hot apple cider yeah, on a cool fall lovely. evening. And we don't have anything that I could really heat it in besides just like a pot. <laughs> so I did, and it went fucking everywhere. So I had some cleaning to do. How did it go everywhere? Did it explode? Uh, I, I just did a real poor job of pour, uh, pouring it out. Oh, okay. Oh, man. It's getting to be that season. I'd like some nice hot cider. Yeah, I just I was at the grocery store the other day and they had it all on display next to the apples and it was like that mm. that'd go down real smooth. Yeah, that's that's where you'd want it to be. Yeah, yeah, it's a very convenient location. They have things figured out at that yeah. Hannaford. This is a podcast about cider now. <laughs> <laughs> I have to assume Scott will edit this, but <laughs> maybe not. I mean, that's that's the beauty. We won't know until or maybe I'll be the one to edit it. I don't know. And then, then you're God at that point. Oh yes, I'm. I'm keeping all of this in if it's my, <laughs> if it's my edit. Yeah, this, this is, is pure podcast bronze. No, this, this is this, definitely this, staying in. This is podcast pyrite. Yeah, this is gold. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm back. By the way, <laughs> thank you for your concern and your prayers. Do you like cider, well, Sc- I, Scott? I do. <laughs> Tell back us more about Scott. that. <laughs> No. Anyways, back to A Mighty Wind. When I fell into a giant vat of apple cider, that's when I became addicted. I had to drink my way out. Hey, one thing that I noticed at the very top that uh, made me not nostalgic, but very aware of a specific era in time. How about that studio card at the very beginning for AOL Time Warner? Yeah. (laughs) That was there for a while even after AOL went away, it was it was on there for a while on Warner Brother movies. See, I watched yeah. it on Vudu and it wasn't on there. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I watched a, it on Amazon. I, I own there. I own it on Vudu and it, it's there. Really? It's under the Warner Brothers logo. Oh, I probably missed it then. Yeah, I, it was I, a full I on AOL. It was its own thing. No, it's there. That would be super weird if they did slightly different edits for different <laughs> streaming services. Yeah, I'm no, trying no, to remember <laughs> what movie they... Uh, oh, it was uh, Sherlock Holmes, the Robert Downey Jr. one. Once they casted Jared Harris, they replaced whoever the guy played, Dr. Moriarty, in, in the original the original voiceover guy with Jared mm-hmm. Harris. <laughs> like, you have to in spend... In the first movie? Yeah, so all digital copies... 
Yeah, so they, they Boba Fetted him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's an astounding waste of money. So, so regarding a mighty win, yeah, since, you're talking about, <laughs> since you're talking about something I can't follow now. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I, was not, I was not expecting this movie to have Paul Dooley in it. And it's right the af- second I musical. I was shocked in and a row. Right after we did like the Popeye one like two episodes ago, it's like, is he just going to be our little unofficial mascot moving forward? Well, also, remember, I told you he was supposed to be in Little Shop of Horrors. Shit, he was supposed that's to be right. Jim, he was that's supposed right. to be Jim Belushi's role. Oh man. Uh question for the two of you. I don't uh care which order you go in. Top three Paul Dooley roles. Uh oh, it's like asking me to pick my favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> pick your favorite Dooley. I honestly I can't I, I I gotta go sixteen candles. Mm-hmm. Uh Probably this, and uh, I don't want to go with Popeye. There has to be something else that I loved him in. Um, While you're thinking of that, I'm going to say this. See a Mighty Wind, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and... He's uh, not in Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) I'm re... Okay. Director's cut of Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) I'm not reading the Wikipedia page, and... Oh, he was in Shakes the Clown. I'm going to say that. That's a classic. I uh, mean, me, I knew that because I'm not reading Wikipedia. For me, his all-time best is going to be as uh, Uncle Claude from Strange Brew because that movie is just a, a delight, one of my all-time favorites. And uh, my thoughts and prayers go to Rick Moranis at this difficult mm. time. Oh, um, yeah, he was the dad in Breaking Away. I like Breaking that's Away, a good one. so I'll go with Breaking Away. Uh, I liked him in My Boyfriend's Back, which is an absolutely insane movie. And... He's uh, rather understated as Cheryl's father in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, welcome back to Dooley Cast, <laughs> where we go through the entire career of character actor Paul Dooley. Is he still alive <laughs> or is he dead? 92 years young. Okay. I'm like, Damn. is this like the, the Dick Miller situation you and I got into? <laughs> where I was like... Is he dead? Is he still alive? And we found out he died last year, and I thought he's been dead for 12 years now. (laughs) (laughs) But Paul Dooley, he, if you watch him in this movie, anytime anyone's supposed to be playing an instrument, he has his guitar off to the side. (laughs) So originally, uh, in, in, I think they shot it, but they didn't include it in the final version. There was a scene that revealed that in the early days of the uh, of the singers, he had a stain on his shirt, so he picked up a guitar and held it in front of him just to cover the stain, and then it just became a thing for him where he would hold a guitar and not. Yeah, play he just it. he just liked the way it looked on stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that seems like a very sort of Christopher Guest mockumentary sort of leap in logic to reach. Yeah, I can see why they cut it, because discussing it, it, it's amusing, but trying to actually parse that while watching would probably not have really worked. <laughs> also, yeah, that, se- wh- that seems like the kind of thing that, once it's pointed out, that's all you're able to think about when he's on screen. <laughs> yes. Also, one of my favorite Christopher Guest regulars is in this, Don Lake. Who is Don Lake again? He is Balaban's brother, the bald oh, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But- yeah, he, he's great because he looks like... If you opened a catalog 
the the people catalog where you can order a person uh, to be built. <laughs> if you go for just basic male, he is the result. Like he is the dis- he is the picture there, and then you can modify from there. He's default male one, you say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> bald male one, male pattern baldness male one. If you want like a little nugget up top, you get Balaban as number two. <laughs> Also, the, weird boy. little beady eyes. The bald cap on on guest is so bad because, <laughs> like, uh, Harry Shearer is like, "No, what? I'm just going to shave my head bald," and mm-hmm. and Christopher Guest is like, "Very funny." No, I'm just going to put a bald cap on. Thank you very much, Jamie Lee. <laughs> have you eaten all the Activia? <laughs> I've gone almost half an hour without making an Activia joke. Hmm. So I what? I like this movie. Yes. <laughs> it like when I was still living with my parents after this came out, it was like one of those films that we just could not stop quoting around the house with like no context whatsoever. Like, I'll still, like, visit my parents sometimes, and inevitably one of them will say, We dig what you do. <laughs> Good albums. They just didn't have a hole in them. <laughs> like you would have For to me, put... it was... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you have to put the hole in them, or it would wobble. For me, anything I ever quoted from this was uh, Fred Willard. Oh, yeah. Hey, what happened? <laughs> Hey, what happened to the real mayor? <laughs> I still I love- can't do my work. <laughs> I have a wheel wet wagon. The the as funny as he is in that scene, the one thing that absolutely slays me every time is when you see the uh, Hollywood Reporter flash across the screen that just has the headline "What happened?" dumped due to total lack of interest. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also, the image of like old Fred Willard, how we know him with that helmet hair. And then cut to Fred Willard with the frosted tips, which was very early 2000s. Yeah, no, it, it was real good. Just, also, you know, the look of, the look of a man who has, uh, yeah. you know, uh, masturbated in that's the theater his, before. Uh, that's, his mar- <laughs> that's his Mark McGrath phrase. Oh, God. Every morning. Every morning. So the biggest question I had for the new Main Street singers is if that guy was new I don't even remember what his name was do you know who I'm talking about the guy who was constantly in his new Main Street singers outfit yeah he wasn't allowed to remove the uniform yeah but why if he's like the new guy why is he up front with them during the whole performance and he also kind of seems like a very important part of the group yeah he seems like a like a new lead singer (laughs) almost (laughs) I was thinking that that uh, uh, Higgins was a cult leader, and and that basically, if you look at them, making them wear their outfits is kind of cultish. And I, well, I, mean, I felt like they, he was supposed to be of married cult. off to Parker Posey. <laughs> they are part of a cult. Um, that that one quick visual of the religious ceremony where they're all holding the sparklers and kind of like waving around that uh, that actually got a hearty laugh out of me. <laughs> Wink, which is uh, which is in nature's clothing colors. <laughs> See, I don't think it really has so much to do with like importance. So much as like he's the new guy, 
and this is like, you know, roasting the new guy kind of thing. Like everyone goes through this regardless of the role right, in but the then, group that they do. But then in the performance, he's up there singing with Parker Posey, Jan Lynch, and uh, John Michael Higgins. Like, Yeah, but he's still clearly like the newest guy there. So, you know, no, no one is safe. I still want to know what that song that they're singing about, the I'm that cabin boy, call me Jim. His name's Jim. (laughs) (laughs) What song was that? It's not even on the soundtrack either. Uh, I need to find out if that's an existing song or not, if that's like a standard. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I was very surprised to see how many songs um, uh, Michael McKean and Annette O'Toole wrote for this. They, they wrote... apparently wrote songs together while uh, they were driving to Vancouver for her to do uh, shoots for Smallville. <laughs> Not a bit. That's apparently a no, real no, thing No, no, that's that true. I know world. that that's, that's a fact. <laughs> also, so I saw a troll on the internet today. Shocking, right? Anyways, when I was, when I was uh, looking up the music video for When You're Next to Me, Someone goes, this song wasn't written by Eugene Levy. It was written by Michael McKean and Ned O'Toole. And someone posted, no, it, When You're Next to Me is written by Eugene Levy. And Ned O'Toole and Michael McKean wrote the other song. And he goes, no. And they literally copy and pasted the link. Here's a link to the BMI website. <laughs> <laughs> See, that doesn't really sound so much like a troll as just a pedant. Just a, yeah. general, just a general just pedant. A, you know, one of those fools. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a real douche canoe. <laughs> a real maroon. <laughs> um, but this might be a controversial opinion. I think When You're Next to Me is a better song than Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. I don't like Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. I don't like um, that song either. It's, it's too much into the folk I don't like, and even within that realm, it's... it's ugh don't care for it mm. man we really should have had chris here for cb4 <laughs> cb4 the cla- i would have watched yeah i would have watched the hell out of that the cl- i have a um i've got a vinyl single for uh the lead song off of that soundtrack <laughs> i actually had this soundtrack on uh cd and i found the vinyl but it cost so much money guess how much a vinyl copy of A Mighty Wind is going for brand new. Uh, how many discs are there? How many How many records do you get? One. Just is one? sealed? The one I saw was used, and then I checked the price of it online. And new, it's one price. Used, it's another. I'm going to say used, 200. No. Is that too high or too low? That's too high. <laughs> new it new is is around that ballpark. New it's three. Oh, okay. That's, that's nothing. This must be pretty rare then if it doesn't have like if it's not like multiple records and it doesn't have any special packaging or anything like that. It just like maybe they just didn't print any yeah. other copies of it. I think I think you all need to go around skulk around discogs a, mo- a little bit more than you do. Uh, because that's that's actually not too crazy. I've seen significantly crazier prices. But the, 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 the copy was seventy five dollars. 
up until they finally did a repressing of it, I had a Nine Inch Nails album on vinyl that was worth like five hundred dollars open. Oh wow! Damn. Just yet, just because it was never pressed again since two thousand five, and then they pressed it again, and now it's worth a lot less. <laughs> Anyways, <Sad>. Mighty Wind. <laughs> Michael Hitchcock is a delight. I gotta say, uh, yeah, any, anytime I see him, line? he just steals the show. That very Which inappropriate one? line, I sing at juvenile halls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was he like the steward of the theater? Was that his character? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's the uh, one who he ends also up plays Balaban. Yeah, he also plays uh, Ira Gilligan in uh, Arrested Development. Mm. The uh, he was a was he an accountant that was going to testify against the Bluths? Yeah, I think my favorite character in this movie, also in Arrested Development regular, was. Uh, Ed Bakley Jr. He's he was very good. Uh, his his character was kind of like an onion. Like at any time he spoke, he would there would just be this immense new backstory for him. For Yiddish, yeah. Like he's a Swedish guy who wants to be Jewish. Yes, I'm filled with such knockus. I uh, I really appreciated Jennifer Coolidge too, even though the Legally Blonde series has me really twisted whenever so oh, whenever Chris, I see, you look like the fourth of July. Oh, that's that... what exactly it. That's exactly it. I cannot see Jennifer Coolidge and not think of that commercial for Legally Blonde too. You look just like the fourth of July. Oh that makes, makes me, me want, want a hot, hot dog, dog real bad. bad. <laughs> Let's play a game. Is this a Jennifer Coolidge quote or an Owen Wilson quote? Wow <laughs> And I didn't know what kind of accent she was uh, affecting in this film, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really weird, like... Uh, it's like a Carmen Latino... Carmen Miranda. It's like a Latino meatwad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have the, the big trains without the motto trains. <laughs> I was going to try to actually do a Latino meatwad, and then I realized that would be all kinds of bad if I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for don't, a number don't of reasons. <laughs> also... Anyone else think that uh, Catherine O'Hara's husband was going to just go bang Jennifer Coolidge? <laughs> I was expecting him to have more come out about him that made him seem a little bit more like a serial killer or something. Oh, what didn't seem like a serial yeah. killer? The fact that he made a little brothel in in a train, <laughs> a train set? It's not crab I think crab that's town. my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I like, I like that scene too. I would love to see Crabville in the autumn with trees <laughs> of oak, poplar. It's not Crabville. It's, it's Crab, crab Town. It's Crab Town. <laughs> Magnificent. And it was just like a very short throwaway, but what I also enjoyed, like when they're coming up on the performance night, and there's that one very brief scene in the hotel, like. Cat, like Mickey is just sort of getting ready, taking a shower and stuff, and they just cut to him and he's watching fucking Powerpuff Girls on TV for no reason. <laughs> also, and no, and no uh, one questions it. Yeah, there's something about their relationship that's so weird. Also, the fact that he is a catheter salesman. He <laughs> <laughs> would think that those sell themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I, I not also, really something you need to convince someone to get. I love, I love Eugene Levy's eyes in this movie when he's like, 
sure. <laughs> His eyes just bugging out at random times. I took a bus. <laughs> no, no, model trains. Sure. <laughs> what do you do? For work. It, it's good to do a visual on a podcast. Yeah, yes, very good. Everyone can enjoy that. Well, it just seemed like everything that he said. Also, uh, Mickey's obsessed with Mitch, right? She's still in love with him and putting all of her shit on him, right? I think that was kind of implied at the end yeah. when, like, ni- like it's sort of implied when they switch between both of their where are they now scenes that, like, they both think that they were leading each other on. Yeah. Yeah. Also... At one point, when he's playing his guitar uh, at the actual concert, the way he's looking at her, is it just me? Did he look like Coach Steve from Big Mouth? Just the way he was looking at her. (laughs) Maybe just a little bit. Hey, my dudes. (laughs) There's a kiss at the end of the thick. I put in poplar trees and elms and pines. Bye. You're my parents now. (laughs) Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're doing great, bitch. Oh, my God. I would love the hormone monster that just randomly show up when these kids. You're number one, dog. Uh, also, there's a relic in this movie. There's a record store. Like, uh, a Tower Records. Yeah, it's a tower. Yeah. That was upsetting. Please, please, I was okay losing Tower. Please don't. Tower. That's the industry I work in. I, I was okay losing Tower, though. They were... Yeah, them I'm and a- like strawberries and coconuts, <laughs> like they can all they can all fuck right off. Yeah, I've never been. I never was. I never went to Tower, but I definitely remember strawberries and coconuts. You want a CD? Like, barely, you can get it for eighteen ninety nine. Like <laughs> barely, barely indistinguishable from Fye, really at this point. Like they yeah. all became Fye. Was just like, uh, what exactly was missed? I was waiting for Chris to say, "Yeah, coconut strawberries can go fuck themselves." But Fye, they're fine. It's the same store, Chris. <laughs> the same store. My my favorite is uh there's a there's an electronic store in France that carries a lot of music called FNAC. F N A C and I love FNAC. Yeah, that stands for Five Nights at Credis. Yes. Yeah, anyway. Sure. <laughs> joke for no one but me, clearly. Uh, just Googled it really quickly. It is pronounced FNAC as well. It's not an acronym. Well, well, the only true record store anymore is Amoeba, but we don't live on the West Coast, and we're not going mm. anytime soon. Uh, don't forget FNAC. <laughs> I'm not going to France. Okay, then go to Switzerland. Or Tunisia. Maybe Switzerland. <laughs> Scott, why won't you go to Tunisia? Go see Luke Skywalker's home. It's still there in the desert. <laughs> Go, no go, one has destroyed it. Go to Tunisia, Scott. No. Yeah, why are you so anti-Tunisia? <laughs> Great. Now now we're not going to be big in Tunisia anymore. 
<laughs> because this po- this podcast was charting yes, I, number yes, they one. Yes, they will. They love they love visitors. Scott, go to Tunisia. <laughs> I hate you both so much. Why are you resisting this so much? Listen, we're not so the ones mad. being difficult. Yeah, seriously, you could just go to Tunisia. Look, even <laughs> though they shot scenes at Luke's homestead again in the rise of Skywalker and they had to rebuild it in a completely different country because Tunisia was unsafe. You can still go to Tunisia. I'm not going to fucking Tunisia! <laughs> like, the original homestead was still there. They could have just shot it there. But they decided that it was too risky so they did it elsewhere. Yeah. It, go to Tunisia. <laughs> Get out kill you. <laughs> So let's let's I get hate back you both let's, so much. Let, so let's get back on track. We were talking about Scott going to Tunisia. <laughs> this entire stretch of minutes has been brought to you by the Tunisian Board of Tourism. I'm uh, I'm on Expedia right now. <laughs> going to you, don't you fucking yeah. Are you looking up flights? <laughs> yeah, just curious to see how much it would cost. You know, the ever popular Boston to Tunisia route. <laughs> If you do this as a prank, <laughs> you're going to be out 50s of cents. <laughs> uh, bad news. Tunisia may have travel restrictions in place due to COVID-19. You should still go, though. You could visit Carthage land in Hammamet. I'm not uh, this, going. The status bar has been going the entire time we've been making jokes here. <laughs> Get out it's- of there. Dude, you it's could, not nearly as expensive as you would think. You could stay at the Jerba Zarzis If it's resort. over 50 cents, it's expensive. Um, the I, You can go to Tunisia round trip for $2,515. Okay, you can go. It's to Delta, Tunisia. too. No, you don't understand. We want you to go. We want I'm you to see. The, going we to Tunisia. want you to see the Suez Archaeological Museum. And it's a really convenient flight. It's a really convenient flight, too. You fly from Boston to JFK, then over to France, Charles de Gaulle. While you're in the airport, you can check out the FNAC there. And then you can head on the rest of the way to Tunisia. I'm not fucking going to Tunisia. You know I have a family, right? This is how I get kidnapped. Well, they can come with you. Make it a make it a family experience. No. The family that gets kidnapped together stays together. <laughs> I think you we killed lost Lils. Lils. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Fucking Justin McElroying over here. <laughs> you guys are gonna get a photo of me with a blindfold on, holding a newspaper. <laughs> Help! You fuckers sent me to Tunisia. I'm going to be murdered in Aunt Beru's house. <laughs> yeah, they can just bury people there now because they know that Lucasfilm isn't Yeah, coming my back. body is going to get burned with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> Do you think that the locals ever talked about Luke in weird ways? Like, yeah, so that farm kid. His parents were burned to death, and then he disappeared. We th- we think he did it. <laughs> I think it might have been drugs. 
<laughs> yeah, he was on okay. those death sticks. <laughs> yeah, I saw him at Jabba's place once picking up spice. You know, right now there's some guy wearing a turtleneck pissed off that we're not talking about a mighty wind, right? Well, I'm, some, I'm sorry to that. beatnik. I'm sorry for that Tunisian gentleman. We've just been explaining, you know, going going through things the way that we do. <laughs> I I honestly don't what what the hell got us there? Also, in my mind, I just imagine getting there and everyone sounds like Wado. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell? Are, oh, here's the guy who hates Tunisia. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's so tantalizing. Uh, Andy, get the man a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just in case you were wondering, the flight time is uh, <laughs> it's 26 hours. I'm not fucking going to Tunisia. <laughs> That's just a nightmare, that long in a plane. Now you're going to get us killed. Well, mainly me. No, it's okay. I'm using a VPN. <laughs> but this is a podcast where we're audio recorded. Oh, it was a joke. Yeah, that'll that'll hold up in a court of law. <laughs> yeah, it was a joke. Well, once you see what they around, man. Once you see what they've done with the Lars Homestead, uh, you'll you'll understand their sense of humor. Well, that was first time and last time guest Christopher Brown on Hell is a Musical. <laughs> You're like when Steven Seagal hosted SNL <laughs> or Adrian Brody. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I haven't seen Adrian Brody do that, but I would love it if he did the entire thing in character as his character from The Village. <laughs> Eventually, uh, he comes out in like one of the monster costumes <laughs> for a monologue. Well, you know what happened on SNL? Why he was banned, right? No. Look it up. <laughs> it's gonna he make you very. He introduced Sean Paul in a fake Jamaican patois. Oh, did he? And he was With wearing dreads. a rough, yeah, he was wearing a dread wig. <sighs> yeah, not good. So, how about we forfeit my ticket to Tunisia and give it to Adrian Brody? Tell him we're making a movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the the odds were interesting. Look at these. Pictures. Yeah, no one came out in the odds. A mighty wind. <laughs> a mighty what now? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you You're want? Really we got, worst. we got, we got through the plot. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't have any more notes. We, uh, we covered everything I wanted to talk. Well, about. well, we now we get into the stopped. tracks. <laughs> God damn it! You know the formula by now. <laughs> Hit us with that first little bit of Tunisian heaven. <sighs> Lils, want to get into the tracks, or I'm gonna fucking kill myself on air. <laughs> Track number one. You're just going to hear a bang and a thud. Well, now you're preventing me from doing it. Track number one is Old Joe. You're all dicks. (laughs) Track number one is Old Joe's Place by the Folksman. Big it. Well, there's 
There's a puppy in the parlor and a skillet on the stove and a smelly old blanket that I never hold. Whoa. There's popcorn in the popper and a porker in the pot. There's pie in the pantry and the coffee's always hot. There's chicken on the table, but you gotta say grace. There's always something cooking at old Joe's place. It's a nice song. Is this the song that you hate? <laughs> is this the one Me? you think is overrated? Yeah. No, I like no, I like that song. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like all the Folksman songs. Oh, okay. The Folksman were generally fine by mm-hmm. me, and actually the Main Street Singers, for that matter, too. I generally like. I just need more than ha- more than a single guitar and vocal happening. I need I need to have some like layers and counterpoint and stuff happening. So you need three grumpy white men or a cult. Got it. Is yeah, that I why mean, you want to send me to? Is Tunisia? that so wrong? Is that so wrong? (laughs) (laughs) So track number two, Just That Kind of Day by the New Main Street Singers. I do not remember which one that is. It's time to kick on back. Toss your cares away. Cartwheels and piggybacks. It's just that kind of day. Tell me no, Mr. Blues. He's welcome here no more. Put on your happy shoes and chase him out the door. Um, I think it's the, uh, the come on down and stroll, the, the, the one that opens it up when we first see them. See, that's what kind of makes it so hard to, like, judge this as a musical on, like, the merits we've been doing it because so you much of the comedy. This. <laughs> I picked it because I like it. <laughs> that's it. From now on, I'm picking all of the fucking musicals. <laughs> Except in December. Will's picked that Tra- <laughs> Track number three is When You're Next to Me by Mitch and Mickey. This love for you I'm feeling has a power that is healing It can bend the darkest hour With glorious light When I taste your lips so sweet I see beggars dying And the sands of time up and stop Written That's by my own. favorite. <laughs> Written by Eugene Levy. Now you're just doing the whole podcast like NPR. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my girlfriend's trying to sleep. I'm trying to keep the energy down. Hey, um, weird thing I just uh, discovered. There's a district in Tunisia (laughs) called Tatooine. Oh my god, I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) No, that's that's where he George Lucas got Tatooine. It's it's just the name of the district in Tunisia. Track number four: Never Did No (laughs) Wanderin' by the Folksmen. My mama was the cold north wind My daddy was the son of a railroad man from west of hell Where the trains don't even run Never heard the whistle of a southbound freight Or the singing of its driving wheel No, I never did no wandering Never did no Coming up next on our pledge drive. I actually, I like that. And at half past the hour, we're going to talk about, never mind. Um, yeah, I did like, never did, no, wandering. Uh, when 
the new Main Street Singers did it yes. and how pissed they got. So cheesy. Yeah. Well, because they wrote that song and apparently the new Main Street Singers stole it. Right. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I really enjoyed just the watching three um, prince, like three very privileged old men get real angry <laughs> on film. <laughs> it's kind of what does it for me. It's my thing. Yeah, we all have our kinks. Yep. <laughs> Track number five, uh, "Fair Away" by the New Main Street Singers. I think that's, that's the, the one. I'm, that, I'm the. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the cabin, cabin boy. boy. My Call name's me Jim. Jim. <laughs> His name's Jim. Sun breaks over the spritzel yard. Jib sheets hard and leeward hard. Cross trees humming a morning hymn. I'm the cabin boy, call me Jim. His name's Jim. Fair away, fair away, under main top sail to the fur below the wily way. Track number six. Yeah, that one's that one's fine. <laughs> I, I I like that one. One more time by Mitch and Mickey, famously covered Don't by even. Daft Punk. You gave me sweet things and flowers. You gave me a sky so blue. You gave me a rock to lean on, and I gave myself to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, I remember that. Please tell me you're joking, right? (laughs) Of course I'm joking. Because I'm like, I wouldn't put it past Daft Punk to do that. Daft Punk were not even alive back in the 60s. They probably were alive. Also, One More Time came out in 2001, and this film came out in 2003, so I think that Okay. That might have been impossible. Hmm. One more chance. <laughs> Track number seven, Loco Man by the Folksmen. Loco Man, watching all the fish swim away. He no work, he just sleep and play. Sitting here on the sand. Sunny land, coconut coming down all the time. Milk, she's sweeter than honey wine. Sitting here on the sand, he's a loco man. Loco man. Yep, very like. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics are in Spanish, but there's also kind of a very calypso y vibe to it, at least during that one scene where they're singing it. Yeah, that was the one. Did that. Honey wine. Was that the one that had the line about the sunny uh, sunny land quite a bit in it? Yeah. And the, honey yeah, wine, which is those... just mead. Yeah, it's the one that was a little bit problematic. Mm. I mean, there's quite a bit of problematic stuff in this movie, but you know, the aughts. <laughs> People just weren't so sensitive back then. <laughs> <laughs> Track number eight, titled The Good Book Song by the New Main Street Singers. <laughs> this one I'm looking right here, written by Michael McKeon, Harry Sharer, and a guy by the name of Ranier. Tasic. But what if no one had just said no, sir? Oh, well, we'd all have fins and scaly skins. We'd breathe through gills instead of nostrils, and we'd eat fish food instead of vitamin pills. 
It's scary, but it's true. So do what the good book, do what the good book, do what the good book tells you to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Rainier Patasek. Um, He's well known for his collaborations with Harry Shearer. Oh, yeah? No, I'm just fucking talking. Well, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just passing the time. Just do what the good book, do what the good book, do what the good book. Track number nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Track number nine, Skeletons of Quinto. My calloused hands and windburn face have marked me as a man who has no voice, no rights, no hope, no place to call his own. And the skeletons of Kinto call me home. That's the that one, one that was they freaky. almost play. At, that's the one they almost play at the uh, at the concert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that 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 one was just the Spanish American Civil War. That night a weird song. I feel like that whole Tunisia tangent just completely burnt us out immediately. <laughs> Once again, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Track number 10, Never Did No Wanderin', this time the version by the New Main Street Singers. Wandering, never did no The cold north wind My daddy was the son Of a railroad man From west of hell But the trains don't even run Which version do you like better, Chris? <laughs> There's actually something about the new Main Street Singers version that I liked more. I think it just had a little bit more pep in its step. And you heard it first. <laughs> Chris wants to join a cult. Hells yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it seems like a good time. <laughs> they have sweater vests. Yeah. yeah, they have sweater vests, they play music, mm. uh they worship like an alien type thing. <laughs> Probably get hot in a cot. Yep. Track number eleven, The Ballad of Bobby and June by Mitch and Mickey. Don't even remember that one. This is the story of Bobby and June. Boy and a girl who kidnapped the moon But they fell in love to the sound of guns The year was 1861 Me neither. Yeah, I don't either. Track number 12 is Blood on the Coal by the Folksman. I don't think that was in A Mighty Wind. Weirdly enough, I saw them perform it on Mad TV one time, though. Yeah, I saw that one, too. Blood on the tracks, blood in the mine. Brothers and sisters, what a terrible a time. Terrible time. Oh, 97 went in the wrong hole. Now in mine number 60, there's blood on the coal. That's very odd. Mm. Track number 13 is Main Street Rag by the new Main Street Ar- Singers. Arranged by John Michael Higgins. I'll put your hand in mine. Gonna have us all one by 
Meet Get Fourteen, start me up. The Rolling Stones song, as covered by the Folksmen. If you start me up, if you start me up, I'll never stop. If you start me up, if you start me up, I'll never stop. I've been running hard. You got me ticking, gonna blow my top. If you start me up, if you start me up, I'll never stop. Have you ever heard that version? I have actually, and I like it's how so much emphasis funny. is because they put so much emphasis on the line. You make a dead man come, like they deliver, just like <laughs> you make a dead man come. <laughs> and if you start me up, start me start up, start me up. If you start me up, I'll never if stop. If you start me up, I'll never stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look that up. It's very silly. <laughs> Track 15, Potatoes in the Paddy Wagon by the New Main Street Singers. I hated this song. I hated that song. One night, Mama went to fetch us up a sweet potato, fell down the cellar stairs. Stork dropped in while she was on the floor, so my sister was born down there. Daddy said, listen, will be nothing but a misery, never will be worth a damn. But Mama just loved her little sweet potato baby with a face like a parboiled yeah. Come on, boys, potatoes in the paddy wagon, gotta get her out of the way. I mean, I can't imagine it exists for any other reason because it was just an incredibly dumb and annoying song, and I can't fathom any, you know, reason for it to exist otherwise than to just show that well, the new mainstream singers when they are really say, dumb. When they said that Mama fell down the stairs and hit her head, and the stork came, I was like, this guy sounds like the plot spoiler alert for Parasite. At the end, when she falls down the stairs. Oof. Oofa doofa. Track 16, uh, C. Beasley's favorite, A Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. There's a kiss at the end of the rainbow More precious than a pot of gold My sweet, my dear, my darling You're so Mm-hmm. My dear, my fear, my darling. And following that, A Mighty Wind, the title track. Oh, a mighty wind's a-blowing, it's kicking up the sand. It's blowing out a message to every woman, child, and man. Yes, a mighty wind's a-blowing, across the land and across the sea. It's blowing peace and freedom, it's blowing equality. Yes, it's blowing peace and freedom. It's blowing you and me. By the folksmen Mitch and Mickey and the the new Main Street Singers. Yes, title drop. Yeah. That one, that one's fine. Also. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's just there to give the, give the film a title more than anything. (laughs) And a big, and a big grand finale. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Mighty Wind. Uh. And apparently I'm going to Tunisia now. <laughs> <laughs> well, flights start at just uh, 25, 12. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> Anyways, any takeaways from this movie? Especially the end where the new Main Street singers become Supreme Court justices on TV? 
There's no nope, way that show is still on the air. Supreme fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Scott, supreme fuck. I said folk. <laughs> then my ears are just dumb. I, en- uh, I, en- I enjoyed this. Um, I I don't think that it's one of my favorite of the guest movies that I've seen. I think that's probably why I stopped watching them is because I, I think they were starting to kind of go down in quality a little bit. But um, it's it's a fun watch still. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this movie. I would I will probably watch it again before I die. For me, this one is actually one of my favorites. This one and Best in Show are my two favorites. Yeah, Best in Show's up there for me. I always uh, liked Guffman too. <laughs> Guffman is probably my favorite. That's the, Michael Hitchcock. Have, I actually have not seen Waiting for Guffman. It's very good. Yeah, uh, Michael Hitchcock in it I've, is I've, just that's a what I've heard. Delight. Uh, so on our scale, Chris, we have a scale for uh, good musical is hell of a musical, bad musical is hell is a musical, and uh, meh is Purgatory Pete's Rasputin's Factory. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could... I'd say it's a hell of a musical. I would also say it's a hell of a musical. All right, three hell of a musicals like last time. So, see a, p- a pattern we... I'm noti- a pattern I'm noticing. All the ones that all of the best movies we've covered are also the shortest. Because both Grease yeah. and Burlesque were like two hours long. Two and a half oh, hours. God. Yeah. yeah. This one and Little I've, Shop of Horrors just right in the sweet spot of an hour and a half. When uh, Daniel and I first discovered the the show, how did this get made? We started kind of binging old episodes and watching a bunch of the movies that they were covering in it. And Burlesque was one of them. And we watched it, but I don't remember very much of it because I started drinking pretty <laughs> early on in it. <laughs> that was when you started drinking? Yeah. Yeah. That's when it all Wait, went did- downhill. Yeah. You didn't like seeing uh, Sharon, her Bob Mackie original? (laughs) (laughs) This cat suit covers my pubis. And her weird surrogate daughter figure, played by Kristen Bell, who just like slept around, disappeared, and then came back and was welcomed with open arms. I will say that this is only episode six, but Lil's had a joke in the burlesque episode that still makes me laugh every time I hear it. When... (laughs) When she goes, uh, in her share impression, don't worry, Allie, one day you two will be confused for Joey Ramone. <laughs> <laughs> so Danielle and I sat down, put on burlesque, and that's when it all started to go wrong. Somebody got me out of the face. Yes, Anyways, Chris, thanks for doing this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, it's a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. So, Lils, what are we doing next time? Next time on the podcast, we are doing Mary Poppins Returns. And this time, she's ready for <laughs> vengeance. <laughs> this time, it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> they killed her best Dick Van Dyke, and this time, it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> they stabbed me yeah. in the throat they did they did yeah it's crazy that uh, in a Disney film they allowed that scene where she did that thing to Lin-Manuel Miranda's dick <laughs> so much blood 
<laughs> she got me on my papers. She did. She did. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what do you got to promote, Chris? Uh, just check out the other shows on this here fine network. Uh, Old Men Yell at Cloud. Zero fine network. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My audio uh, must be coming out. My audio must be cutting out. I'm hearing some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, that and uh, I got, I've actually got an album coming out on November 6th. Uh, me and my buddy Quentin Deegan put it together. Uh, band is called passive witnesses and the album is called aerials and very excited about it yeah so really excited about that i mean you usually promote us little so go ahead promote promote the hell out of us uh yeah go check out our other respective podcasts go check out scott's writer's bagel basket go check out my jukebox zeros and yeah what cb said check out the other zero science shows so uh until next time, I'm Scott. I'm Lails. And that mighty wind is a calling. It's coming down the street. Hey, did you know that ScottToTunisia.com is available? <laughs> You're ruining the end of this. <laughs> Lils has to do her mundane thing. You, you both are terrible. <laughs> I guess Lils isn't going to say anything destructive this time. <laughs> Bye. Tunisia! With Lils and Scott. Zero science. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.